You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Richard Kuntz along with Deacon John Foucault. We're coming to you from the beautiful Diocese of Duluth on the shores of Lake Superior. And we are in studio today at St. James Catholic Church, which is my home parish. And uh, our next guest, I have to say, is the one that I've been most looking forward to today. And that is Brian Birch from uh, Catholic Vote. Brian, welcome to uh, Real Presence Live. Well, thank you so much, Father and John. I'm glad to be with you. Hopefully I can live up to your expectations. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you will. Why why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first? Uh, Well, sure. Um, I'm uh, a Catholic, (laughs) born Catholic, so I'm a cradle Catholic, as they say. Um, I live in Chicago, uh, but I grew up in Arizona, but I uh, met a a wonderful woman at the University of Dallas, which some of your listeners may know is a small liberal arts Catholic college just up in the suburb of Dallas. And uh, I uh, have nine children, and I founded um, Catholic Vote in 2008, um, in part after some time that I spent with Tom Monahan and the Ave Maria uh, efforts, as many of your listeners may know as well. He built a university down in Florida and a number of other Catholic uh, organizations, and uh, a gentleman named Joe Stella, a former ambassador to Fiji and uh, uh, comrade, uh, him and I uh, started Catholic Vote with uh, a third gentleman in Petoskey, Michigan, named Joshua Mercer, uh, who is now uh, runs The Loop, which I know you want to talk about. Uh, but the idea of Catholic Vote was to inspire every Catholic in America to live out the truth of our faith in public life. And I think anyone that follows the news or certainly is attuned to the things of the world these days understands that the Church... Uh, has a very important role and a central role in helping to evangelize the world, not, of course, simply for politics, but ultimately for the message of the gospel, which is the message of salvation. But how to do that in the messiness of the world uh, often involves a lot of prudence, uh, involves a lot of practical things that we have to work through. And uh, my goal is to help bring the vision and the beauty of the Catholic Church uh, to bear on questions of political life. And at least lately, unfortunately, um, that's a growth industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no um, Brian, no, um, I know I, I do want to talk a little bit about the, the loop, but I do want to talk about other things as well. So maybe we'll, we'll just start off with the loop. And so there's there's probably not a day that goes by in my life, Brian, that I do not promote the loop. And um, listeners uh, probably know that because uh, I talk about this fair laugh. I'm kind of a news junkie. I'm very in tune with politics, and I, I follow it very closely. And I have to tell the listeners. I really want the listeners to, to tune in on this. So, my favorite form of my favorite source of news is not CNN or Fox News or any of those other ones. My favorite source of news is the Loop on Catholic Vote. So all you have to do is go to CatholicVote.org. On the top of the page is the loop. You just sign up the loop, and every morning it gives you um, the news from a Catholic perspective, an Orthodox, solid Catholic perspective. Lots of the news that you would never, ever hear in the in any other news source. And so all listeners, I really want you to do this. So it's CatholicVote.org. You sign up for the loop. You won't get a bunch of junk mail or anything like that. You'll just get a, a, a post in the morning 
going over the news from a Catholic perspective, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Maybe maybe you can speak a little bit more to that, Brian, about the loop before we go on to the next topic about what Catholic uh, vote is doing. Well, sure. Well, the loop was started, I'm trying to remember, probably about seven or eight years ago. And one of the prompts uh, for starting it was the question we got asked almost uh, uh, by everyone that, that we interacted with, and that was, who do you follow for news? Uh, and I think a lot of Catholics today, they, they're engaged in social media, or they may watch some cable news, uh, or they may still subscribe to a newspaper, depending on which, how, how, how they like uh, traditional newspapers anymore. Uh, but they, they struggle, uh, and that is because a lot of the news that is delivered today is biased, it's ideological, uh, it's not informed by the facts, um, and they don't know if they can necessarily trust the person that's delivering it to them. But then there's a second reason as well. It is often there's a lot of news that you can consume and you can fill your day with that's frankly not really important or not really um, relevant to your life. And so what we thought we would do is publish a morning email that you could read in three minutes or less where you could get the essential news, both in the secular world of politics and economics and the things that are going on in the world, Combine that with the essential church news of what's happening in our church. And then thirdly, and of course, most importantly, um, what is the essential, um, what might be called spiritual news? Uh, what is the reading gospel of the day, psalm of the day, saint of the day? And then, of course, as you know, we try to put something inspirational or uh, lighthearted to kind of uh, make it, uh, you know, uh, fun to read. And it's just a quick summary, a couple lines per story. You don't even have to click through to the stories. We write some of the news ourselves based on what we're hearing, uh, but we also aggregate it based upon all the many sources of Catholic and secular news that are available. You know, we follow the news full-time because that's what we have to do in my business, and not everyone has the benefit of that. And News is happening all the time, every second, probably since we started talking. There's some new news story on that's breaking, and the question is, do you need to know about that? Is it relevant to you? Is it relevant to your life? And is how should a Catholic think about that news story. And so we pick and choose what we think is helpful for people to know and we combine it in this email that comes out every morning. And I think, as I told you a few weeks ago when I saw you, uh, we're uh, seeing uh, subscriber growth really uh, go through the roof. In fact, um, it's free, uh, but we're, we're seeing about a 1,000 new people sign up every week. And I suspect, in part, thanks to you mentioning it so often, <laughs> <laughs> well, you you better have a high um, a, um, a listeners or readers from Duluth area because I tell you I do push it a lot and I will just say this is that it is my I honestly I look forward more in the morning to that email than I do just about anything else. I mean I totally love it that much and so I'm telling you again catholicvote.org and then you sign up for the loop at the top of the page. I promise you you will not regret it. It is the best email I get. It's the best source of news I get. And so I, I really, really want to push it. And so listeners, please do it. Don't uh, don't forget it. CatholicVote.org and then The Loop. Now, there's a whole bunch of other things I know, Brian, that Catholic Vote is involved in. Maybe you can speak a little bit to the thing in regards to voting itself. I mean, we're talking about Catholic Vote. And so you you have a technology that um, uh, you use in regards to um, uh, tracking Catholic, like practicing Catholic votes. We talked a lot about this when you were in Duluth. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that as well. Sure. Well, Catholic Vote is made up of 
several different entities and projects. And the loop is obviously a key piece of our education and news operation. Um, part of our, 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 um, uh, voter mobilization program, uh, involves a, a, a pretty significant and innovative solution that we developed. And it's built upon, I think, some fundamental premises. When you talk about the Catholic vote, a lot of people can kind of get, uh, you know, glassy eyed. You know, what are we really talking about? As you know, uh, to borrow a phrase from scripture and misuse it, uh, our church has many mansions and the Catholic vote has many mansions and many different types of people. And I don't need to, not the first to tell you that our, our president, our speaker of the house are Catholic and so was Bill Barr and Kellyanne Conway and Mother Teresa. And so how do you kind of make sense of, of our church when it comes to Catholics who have very different and, and, uh, uh, types of opinions when it comes to voting. I'll tell you the single most important criteria in looking at Catholic opinion, Catholic voting habits, and how Catholics vote is to qualify uh, Catholics by a simple criteria, and that is this, whether or not they still regularly attend church. And for us, that's always been one of the biggest focuses, is how can we possibly get mass-attending Catholics more mobilized, more motivated, and to the polls? Uh, and that began decades ago. I remember the George W. Bush campaign uh, recruiting parish directories that they were sending to India to have people do data entry so that they could gather voter information. Hmm. Unfortunately, Father, as you know, a parish directory is only as good as the names in there. It doesn't necessarily tell you anything about whether that person is still practicing or still coming to church regularly. And so one of the things we, we did over the last several years is we use a technology called geofencing. And this is a new uh, tool available to marketers used by Home Depot and Target and all sorts of large corporations, which essentially looks at a geolocation ping that your phone gives off throughout the day uh, from apps that are on your phone. Now, lest someone think this is really Big Brother-ish, um, that's, it, uh, it, it's all anonymous. What it tells you is that this anonymous device was inside of a particular location um, at some point over the last, say, week or so. And that data is available to marketers. So targets their customers based upon the fact that they've been to their stores. Uh, Home Depot the same. And, And obviously these are much more sophisticated marketing operations. But what this allowed us to do was to specifically target to try to educate, inspire, and mobilize devices uh, that were inside of churches. And so we've built a large database, especially in important states where there's important elections occurring, where we could target these devices and try to send them specific Catholic messaging to motivate them to vote. And we've done all sorts of surveys and data. And the reason why this is important, a lot of people are kind of stunned when I tell them this, is that the average parish on a weekend, approximately 30% of the people attending that church are not registered to vote or do not regularly vote. And so the challenge here is not necessarily converting, say, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. Um, That's a challenge, and it's perhaps a generational challenge. The goal is to get people who already agree with us and that share our faith to to vote in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we have a, we have a, we're coming up to a break right now, Brian. But uh, what you're saying is absolutely critical, I think, in regarding to getting the right values in our leaders. And so, what you guys are doing, you guys are the very tip of that arrow 
of the culture war. And so um, we'll talk a little bit more about this after this short break that we're talking with Brian Bursch from CatholicVote.org. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz along with Deacon John Foucault. We are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We're in the middle of a very important conversation with Brian Birch from CatholicVote.org. We were, just before the break, we were talking about some of the data, um, I don't know how, how you, the data research that Catholic Vote is doing in regards to um, uh, Catholics and their voting or not voting or where they're voting. One of the things that you said that was very interesting right before the break, uh, Brian, was that that uh, according to stati- not statistics, but what you have found is about thirty percent, about what, one third of the people in the pews are not regularly voting or not, maybe not even registered to vote. So, how would you um, uh, how would you maybe equi- or what would you say to priests or deacons that are preaching to these people to encourage them if they're sitting in the pews on a weekly basis, they have a high percentage of. Uh, you know, voting, you know, ways that would really support basic Catholic teaching. How do we, how would you direct us that are preaching to get these people out there to actually vote? And this is a really great question, because, of course, when this topic is discussed, it's often assumed there are only two alternatives. Not mention anything at all, or talk about the candidate and only the candidate and whether or not you need to vote for Trump or Biden. Mm-hmm. And, of course, both of those options are, are not options. We don't have a choice 
as a church to pretend that politics doesn't matter and that voting doesn't matter. Unfortunately, many of our priests choose that path. Uh, but we also don't want to turn the church into kind of a political machine that somehow salvation is of this world and that the purpose of the liturgy is to win elections. Of course, we don't want that either. And so when it comes to priests and then when it comes to parish activity, we say it's actually quite easy, and you shouldn't be intimidated as a priest. Uh, what you need to do is to talk to people and address the importance of voting, the moral duty we have to vote, and there's some very specific tools you can use. The top three reasons, according to research, that people do not vote is, number one, I forgot, number two, I was too busy, and number three, my vote doesn't matter. And it seems to me, as a priest, those are really easy objections to overcome when you're talking to your parishioners without talking about candidates and without even talking about, let's call it, the divisive issues, even though I think that needs to be done. And so my, my instruction to, and recommendation to priests would be talk specifically about the value of voting, the importance of voting, and if you really want to get bold, tell them and, and make sure they understand that whether you vote or not is a matter of public record. There's a little bit of shame there that I think is a motivating factor for people. If I was a priest, Father, I would say, I'm going to go look. I'm going to go look at the voter file, and I want to make sure everyone here, Democrat, Republican, or otherwise, vote. Uh, and uh, we want to see 100% participation from our parishes, not 65. It's just about what it is today. And that alone, according to a lot of our data, and according to even the recent Pew data that came out last week, mass-attending Catholics voted, for example, uh, for pro-life candidates by a margin of 20 points. And so yeah. you don't need to necessarily complicate your life. We just need to get people to the polls. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I mean, it is. it is. It's super important. And, and you know, for, for CatholicVote.org to, to really... C- c- I think it would be a great service to have you guys come up with something. Uh, no, here, I'm telling you how to do your job. But some sort of a thing to go to the priests before, you know, months before the election to, to walk them through that type of thing that you just said right now. It's like, as, you know, those, those three excuses, you, you're right, easy to address. But a lot of priests, again, are afraid to do it. A lot of priests don't know how to do it. And uh, you can do it without being political just by how you just mm-hmm. said those three reasons. And speaking of those three reasons is key, and those are the things we wouldn't think about to prepare in a homily for that. So having some type of tip thing from them would be helpful to do that. The other thing um, uh, that, uh, just from my standpoint, is that you know I bring in things that are in the public realm, in the, the arena, public arena, all the time, and not just before the election. When I was a newly ordained priest, I only talked about these things right before the election, and a lot of times that ticked people off. And so I think as priests, as people that preach at deacons or priests, homeless, this has got to be a regular thing that people are hearing from the pulpit about what are the Catholic values. Yeah, it's not just at election time, it's throughout the whole year. That's right. Well, Father, of course, you're the exception, an exception in a good way. Would that all priests were like you? And that is, okay, let's build as the foundation our obligation to vote and the, the social pressure to vote so that everyone does participate. By the way, this is what the more liberal side does. When you talk about Stacey, Stacey Abrams and, and, and Georgia and all these mm-hmm. voter turnouts, this is exactly what they're doing. They're not doing heavy, let me re-educate everybody and persuade the, the lowest, uh, the most difficult voter to vote, to convince them to vote our way. They're getting the lowest hanging fruit. But, of course, that's just the beginning. We as a church also can't be afraid to talk about what our church teaches. Absolutely. And the foundational moral issues that impact uh, the society in which we live. This is not just about kind of some interest group of Catholics wanting to wield our power to impose our values on everyone else. 
we're talking about what the church calls the Absolutely. common good. Yeah. And that if we don't get a lot of these issues right, our, our society is going to continue to unravel, and I think this is what we're seeing today. I would, I would encourage listeners to go to um, uh, St. James Parish in Duluth website and watch the uh, um, on our Facebook the homily I gave this past weekend. And so it's it's one of those things that um, it has to happen on a regular basis. And uh, Brian, it'd be great if you watch that too. But I, I do want to speak. I, I don't want to take John's thing. Yeah, He's going to ask a question. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. So we talk about public life, and you know, voting is a is a public record, as you'd mentioned. So, Brian, can you speak a little bit to why it's important for Catholics to live out their faith in the public life, so people see that they are Catholic and, and know that by how they live and how they can in uh, relate that and, and and get out to the polls when they do. Absolutely. Well, in some ways it relates to what I was just talking about, that when Christ said, go and baptize all nations, he didn't say, well, but stop when it comes to politics and when it comes to the public life of, of, your, of a representative democracy. Um, it's actually precisely in that kind of work. It's precisely in the kind of messiness of our world, whether it be in the challenges of our family, or our community, or in our civic institutions, but certainly when it comes to the, the role of, of our legislators in public policy at all levels, that we're supposed to be that salt and light. And I think we, it can be te- uh, kind of tempting to kind of feel defensive about that, that somehow we have our thing we do at church, and then we have politics over on the side, and where it's safe and convenient, let's go do some political things every two years or every four years. But that's not, of course, what Christ called us. He called us to be in the midst of the world, you know, to be a sign of contradiction, to go and spread the good news. And the good news is very much relevant to the political debates we're having. We're seeing from Texas to all these states on the life issue. We're seeing the religious liberty question being debated about whether or not we as Catholic institutions can still have the freedom to tell the world what it is we believe. We're talking about the foundational social unit of the family being questioned, whether this is something that that we need to get rid of and that we can do better with science and technology. The idea of mother and father is no longer relevant. The list goes on. The Church has such a rich tradition and it gives us so much to, to address these challenges, and we need to be unafraid in bringing that vision to the world. Listeners, please go to catholicvote.org and sign up for the loop. Brian, I want I want you to be able to tell me later if you see any uptick in the upper Midwest after this. So catholicvote.org, and you sign up for the loop. It comes every morning. The the thing I most look forward to in the morning, other than going and praying and doing Mass, truly, uh, uh, the loop is incredible. A great way of finding out about the, the world from a Catholic perspective, a solid Orthodox Catholic perspective. Uh, but the loop is not the only thing, and not only tracking data in regards to Catholics. The the newest thing that you guys are um, working on is uh, Edify. Maybe you can speak a little bit to Edify. Yes, well, Edify is our newest project launching later this month. So listeners here get a little sneak peek. Uh, Edify is essentially a version of what some people might be familiar with, Prager University. And Prager University is uh, run by Dennis Prager, who's not Catholic. He's a Jewish man. Uh, very popular. They've had over a billion, multi-billion views of their videos. What they are is uh, videos that explain in five minutes or less a particular issue that's being debated. And what we thought is, let's take what I just said a few minutes ago in terms of the Church's great vision for how to understand what's happening in our world, and let's let's uh, make a couple uh, small videos every week for people to listen to. So, for example, what is a Catholic supposed to think about critical race theory? or gun control, 
or the immigration issue? Well, obviously, we can go listen to cable news or social media to get those answers, but the Church actually gives us some principles and some ways of thinking through these questions. They're not always black and white, for example, like abortion, because sometimes there's not an intrinsic evil involved. But what what the Church does give us is a way of thinking like a Catholic. And the purpose of Edify is to give Catholics videos that are on topic on the issues that everybody's talking about, and to help them, and I think fundamentally, think like a Catholic first. And if we start to build that kind of foundation, I think some of these other challenges when it comes to, say, life and marriage and religious liberty, they get easier because they build that fundamental premise that I don't get to make up the truth, that I am obedient to a set of truths that I consent to or that I understand to be of someone uh, uh, of, of a higher order, of certainly from God himself. And if people can orient themselves, their mind and their hearts, to, to serve that truth, then a lot of our political kind of education challenges can get a lot easier. So Edify, short videos, starting later September. Really excited about that project. Well, will they, will they be able to watch Edify? Is it, um, do, you, do you, like, subscribe to it, or is it just on the website? How, how is it going to work? Sure. Well, you can go to edify.us and sign up. Actually, right now we're giving to Paris with the most sign-ups, $10,000 reward or sweepstakes. We're doing a little fun thing to start, so... You can actually win the $10,000 award, edify.us. But, of course, as a Catholic Vote subscriber, you'll also get access to all that, all that new okay. content. Do you, do you have, um, uh, Brian, this has been very good. I wish we had two hours to talk to you because there's so much that Catholic Vote is doing. We have about a minute and a half left. Uh, any final things you want to, uh, to talk to the listeners or let the listeners know? Well, I would say in the midst of all of what's going on, the best message I can give you and this is looking at the data and looking at all the various things we do, that I have never seen more energy and more excitement on the part of Catholics, and frankly, more courage. You know, I think the last several decades of our Church, um, starting in like the 1970s, um, we kind of grew lazy. Um, John Paul II, I think, awakened the Church, and a lot of people have wondered, what were going to be the fruits of this? You know, he, he called for a new evangelization, and he pointed to a springtime. And a lot of people have said, well, that didn't turn out so well. I actually think we're just, we stopped, uh, uh, stopped a little short. I think that springtime is upon us, and we're in the early stages of that. So um, stay hopeful, yes. stay prayerful. Brian, thank That's you so much. Message. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to edify.us as soon as I get done with the radio here. Well, i got to do a few other things, but I'll do it today. And so, uh, again, catholicvote.org. Sign up for the loop to get your foot in to um, this incredible organization. Uh, Brian, Godspeed and all that you do. Uh, know that you got a lot of great supporters out here, and thank God for you and yep. catholicvote.org. Well done, Brian. Keep it up. Thank you to all of you. God bless. All right. God bless. Thanks. All right. Well, um, uh, that was a... Very that good interview, and phenomenal. please, please check it out. I'm not just saying that uh, to fill time. CatholicVote.org and, and sign up for The Loop. After this short break, we will have our shepherd with us, the Shepherd of Duluth, Bishop Daniel Felton. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 